I always say it's about what you put in that adds to what you get out. Because I could be a product of the system and never have graduated. I could have been someone who did just enough to get through. However, I was always in the classes with the advanced learners. So mm -hmm. I was always pushed to do bigger and um, different things and to think critically and um, to uh, extend myself. On this season of the PG Daily, we will be taking an in-depth look at education in Prince George's County. You will hear from some of the integral voices that are responsible for educating and enriching the minds of students in the county. You will also hear from students that have been directly impacted by the county's educational system, and you will hear how the Prince George's County schools impact the community as a whole. In today's episode, you will hear the daily news, and for our big story, we continue our conversation with Ms. Tanika Smith, Professor of Communications at Prince George's Community College. And later, we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month in our segment, What Had Happened Was, with Julio Anzaro Rivera. I'm David Smalls. Stay tuned. Good day and thanks for joining us. From Prince George's Community News, I'm Vanita Newsom. Today is Thursday, October 10th, 2019. Today will be the start of wonderful autumn weather that is expected for the rest of the week with cool, crisp mornings followed by seasonably warm afternoons. Today will be mostly sunny and mild. We'll start out the morning at 53 degrees and by noon, the temperatures will rise to 66 degrees. Your drive home, it will be around 71 degrees, with winds north 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight will be partly cloudy and cool, with a low around 54 degrees, north winds around 9 miles per hour. Tomorrow, during the day, it will be partly sunny, with a high around 69 degrees, north winds 8 to 10 miles per hour. Sunrise at 7:11 a.m., Sunset at 6.38 p.m. And that's our local weather. The Washington Post has reported how a man riding a bike was fatally struck by a vehicle on Wednesday morning in a hit-and-run collision along Akakee Road and Brandywine in Prince George's County. Prince George's police said the incident happened around 6.20 a.m. A 911 caller reported a man on the ground who was unconscious. A police said an off-duty captain with the D.C. Fire Department, was on its way to work and stopped at the scene as police and fire officers were on their way. John Gillickson, 39, of Akakee, was taken to the hospital and that Gillickson was riding his bike north on McKendra Drive when he was struck by a vehicle from behind. Police said the incident is under investigation and the vehicle is most likely to have front-end damage. No description of the vehicle has been given. Captain Nicholas Clayton, a spokesperson for PG County Police, said the stretch of the road where the collision occurred is dangerous and that and that narrow road was wet and dark at the time and made for a recipe for disaster. He also said that the two-way road has no street lights, trees on both sides, no sidewalks, no shoulders, and how it is not a good place for pedestrians to ride their bikes even during the day. He said authorities are hoping the person who is driving the vehicle comes forward. MSN News has reported 
a Maryland panel has voted to remove a logo that includes a Confederate flag from a plaque in Maryland's capital that honors the Civil War Union and Confederate soldiers, but the state is keeping the plaque. The State House Trust voted three to one by email to spend more than $2,400 to remove the logo, which includes a Confederate flag and a United States flag, and overlay it with a cast image of Maryland State flag. The Associate Press writes how Baltimore police say two women have been rescued and four people arrested in connection to a suspected human trafficking operation targeting Hispanics living in the United States illegally. News outlet reports authority announced Tuesday human trafficking and prostitution charges against 56-year-old Jose Alvaro, 34-year-old Julio Dorham, 44-year-old Gladys Luna Hernandez, and 27-year-old Edward Luna Sanchez. Baltimore Police Commissioner Michael Harrison said they received a tip from the community that led to a three-month-old investigation into what police describes as a brothel in southeast Baltimore. Authorities said the two women rescues were placed in safe housing. Harrison said there could be more victims and more predators and asked everyone with information to contact the police. That's our local news for today. From PG Community News, I'm Vanita Newsom. Big story, we continue our conversation with Ms. Tanika Smith, Professor of Communications at Prince George's Community College. Now tell me about college level, because this is what I always <laughs> wonder about. And I'm gonna tell you what I wonder about it, being a current college student. Mm -hmm. College students are grown too. Absolutely. So with that, I'm sure there's more, it may be a different kind of kickback than you get from you get kickback but it may be different because now they're looking at you like you my teacher but i paid to be here and i'm grown just like you grown so do you find a lot of challenges with dealing with adult students wow um <laughs> jim bob christmas um I have had some experiences here at Prince George's Community College that have literally made me want to stop teaching. Wow. Um, but at the same time, they have been nothing in comparison to what I've experienced elsewhere. So they just gave me motivation to continue forward. So if I had to choose, oh my gosh. <laughs> Can't pick one. <laughs> Like the most outlandish one, I've had to call campus police on it. Oh, well, I need to hear about that. Put that mic up. Stop leaning back on the mic. So, um, this would have been my second year at the college, maybe my third year at the college. And the students had to do a group project. And all semester long, the girl kept saying she was nervous, she was nervous. And all, throughout the semester, we kept doing different techniques to help people with their anxiety, to reduce their apprehension. I really focus a lot on preparation and practice to help students, you know, calm the bad nerves. And mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she didn't put in that work to get to where she needed to be by the end of the semester when it came time for them to do this particular project. 
And so they get started, everything is going well and smooth, and I'm like, yes, it's not an issue for her today. And then, like five minutes later, she just blurts out while someone else is speaking, I can't do this, I'm done. Don't worry about it. We're all here to support you through this. You have this whole group with you. Let's breathe through it. She did her breathing. She's like, okay, I'm like, good. I'm good. She continues to go forward. About 10 minutes later, she then jumps up. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And so I then had to stop the project, pause the timer because other students are now being impacted. And I said, well, you can go out, um, get yourself together, but the project has to go forward. You know, we're on a timeline, schedule, blah, blah, blah. That set her off. Really? And she's like, well, what does that mean for my grade? And so all along, I'm trying to, you know, keep this very calm voice. And I'm told it's something about my calm voice. When people are upset, my calm voice Take tends to <laughs> take them off it even more. And so the whole time, I was calm. And I said, um... I can't deal with this right now. I have other students to tend to. If you need to leave, you can go ahead and leave. But I can't stop to focus on this right now. And that took it to a level of me telling her she needed to get her thing, she needed to leave. And I was going to call the police. And then I remember being on the phone with the police and telling them they need to get over to the building. And there was a podium separating us. And she was on her phone. She was like, oh, I'm a using all kinds of different colorful words. And so the rest of the students So she's threatening you at this point. Threatening repeatedly. And the other students are sitting there like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And so I just kept being calm the whole time. And so after they came and they removed her, I said, I'm sorry. Let's take a couple minutes, get everyone together. We'll reset and then we'll go forward. And one of the students slowly raised their hand. They were like, are you okay? I love it. I'm fine. Why? You were too calm throughout that whole situation. I said, I'm so sorry. You know, you guys were never in danger. Had you been, I would have, you know, motioned for you guys to leave. They were like, no, we weren't worried about her. We were worried about you. And so I think that will probably be the craziest thing that has ever happened. But it was all because of fear. Mm -hmm. Her fear caused her to act in a way that people would think is irrational. But when you're afraid... And you feel cornered and you feel boxed in, then what? So did you ever have to see her again? Did she come back to class after that? <sighs> that was the last day of the class. So okay. no, I never saw her again. Never had to see her again. Um, don't know what even happened to her uh, in terms of that situation. But yeah, I'm just like, I, I'm not, no. Whew. And so it did. When I got home, I was like, Lord. I'm not going back. <laughs> I'm not doing this no more. Right. Because I like my freedom. I don't want it in jail. <laughs> but I'm too old to be playing these games. I have bills to pay and property. I can't be in here fighting people. So it's never been my intention anyway to want to denigrate someone or to make them feel unwelcome in the classroom. Yeah. But there will be times uh, for every educator where there will be someone who just needs that extra uh, comfort, extra support, yeah. who learns in a different way, who presents in a different way, and we have to find ways to include them, but also to set the boundaries and the limits. And so those are the experiences that have always produced uh, the interesting outcomes. <laughs> wow, that was an earful right there. <laughs> okay, so 
We're going to wrap this up, so I just have two more questions. All right. One, being a person that was educated in the Prince George County mm-hmm. school system, do you feel like this school system adequately prepares you for the world? Yes and no. So, throughout my education in Prince George's County, because I grew up in the area, mm-hmm. as I tell students all the time, I'm suffering. But um, I always say it's about what you put in that adds to what you get out. Because I could be a product of the system and never have graduated. I could have been someone who did just enough to get through. However, I was always in the classes with the advanced learners. So Mm -hmm. I was always pushed to do bigger and um, different things and to think critically and um, to uh, extend myself. So whether it was at Longfields or Walker Mill or Suitland, those things really shaped who I became when I went to Towson. And I studied there for graduate and undergraduate studies. And when I got there, to be honest, there were things that even though I had been in those advanced classes, I was still told I was deficient in Mm -hmm. some areas. And so what did that cause me to have to do? It caused me to have to work harder, to put in extra hours, to make sure that I was putting in to get a different result out. And so that then became what helped me when it was time for me to earn my teaching certification because I had to go back to school to become an mm-hmm. educator. Mm-hmm. Remember, somebody who never wanted to be a teacher <laughs> doing all the extra stuff, right? And so I ended up coming here, took some courses, learned the foundational things, uh, went out into the field. But again, it always went back to what it was I was willing to do extra. And so even if our schools aren't performing at the highest level, which unfortunately they are not, and I won't go into all of those details. Students who want the most can always get more and become more and do better based upon what they're willing to put in. Absolutely. Definitely. I agree. And lastly, would you encourage a student to pursue education and why or why not so education today is far different than education was when I first started um, as a graduate teaching assistant in 2000 and so I would say to someone who is looking to enter the world of education now you have to really make sure it is a passion Mm -hmm. it cannot be something that you learn along the way unless you're willing to then put in the extra. But if it's your passion and it is what guides you and it has motivated you to want to help others, to um, sacrifice some of your own needs to help others succeed, then go for it. But education is not an easy check. Mm -hmm. Education is not uh, a way to assert your own opinions, ideals, and beliefs. Education really is greater than that and so for the individual who can see themselves as a true team player someone who wants to bring about change someone who wants to motivate others to become their best someone who isn't afraid to put in the hard work the hours and the effort because trust me it takes a lot that's the type of person that I would encourage to become an educator that person who just wants the easy check like oh I know this But do you know how to teach? Do you know how to put together a lesson? Do you know how to 
aligned outcomes? Do you know how to formulate a test? Are you going to take your student and push them far beyond that basic level of, I know how to define a word, to thinking critically so that they can formulate ideas and talk about the what ifs and the other level things? Or are you just going to do just enough to keep getting your check and to push that student along? Because one of the things that I had to tell students wherever I go, I didn't socially promote when I taught high school, and I certainly won't socially promote you now. So if you want this grade, you're going to have to work for it. Well, I think that's the perfect way to wrap up this interview. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. It's been fun. It has been fun. And now we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with our segment, What Had Happened Was. Here's Julio Anzaro Rivera. Major moments in Hispanic history. U.S. extends citizenship to Puerto Ricans in 1917. Perhaps not for the most altruistic of reasons, the United States extended both citizenship and, shortly after, military conscription to Puerto Rico in 1917 as World War I raised in, in Europe. Why it matters? Puerto Ricans are American just like anyone born in the 50 states. Thank you for listening to the PG Daily Podcast. Tune in next time for more daily news and informative interviews concerning Prince George's County. This show has been brought to you by Prince George's Community Radio, and the opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Prince George's Community College, its staff, faculty, administration, or its affiliates. It is produced by Heavenly Bee, Dorcas Ashinawo, Stephen Boney, Vanita Newsom, David Smalls, and is executively produced by Dale Roden.